I think that we focus on you know, trying to eliminate the noise to the best of our ability. Um, right there, we all know that there's been a lot that has been impacting businesses and business owners over the last few years, some within their control, certainly a lot that is not within their control. And so we focus on, you know, production. We're trying to isolate, you know, what what events are causing changes in those businesses. Welcome to the MBBI Trends and M&A Podcast. I'm Greg Wolfen with Whipley Corporate Finance Advisors, your host for today's broadcast. Today's guest is Megan Brobson, Vice President with Borgman Capital. Megan is also the current MBBI Wisconsin Chapter President, as well as a current board member for MBBI. Thank you, Megan. Borgman Capital is a current MBBI Wisconsin Chapter Sponsor, Thank you and welcome, Megan. Please introduce yourself and Borgman Capital. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, in 2021, Borgman Capital had a really strong year. Uh, we completed two add-on acquisitions, uh, doubling the size of our portfolio company, Ascentech. We also added two new platforms uh, to our portfolio, a screen media manufacturer in Wisconsin, and a frozen food company in Alabama. We additionally launched our real estate investment group, and since its launch, we have successfully invested in four different properties. Terrific. Busy year. I know uh, uh, Sequoia highlighted that. I saw a post on LinkedIn, and uh, uh, you guys have always been very active in the market, and uh, you've been very active with MBBI as well, so we're excited to have you guys over here. Uh, um, before we kind of get into the discussion, why don't you kind of talk about you know some of the portfolio companies that you currently have uh, within Borgman, and uh, a little bit about the fund as well. How many people are helping you out, looking at deals, uh, uh, what type of portfolio companies you have, and anything else you would like to highlight before we get into uh, some of your market observations for this year, which has been unique. Absolutely. Uh, so Boardman Capital really focuses on unique business opportunities. So in terms of industry, we're relatively industry agnostic, um, but we really look for those quality companies that might, you know, what other people see as roadblocks, we see as an opportunity. So whether that's through a creative transaction structure, whether that's partnering with a strong management team, we, we try and find, we try and be the value add in those more unique situations. Uh, you asked me a lot of questions there, so I'll try and get get to all of them, but might need you to well, repeat We like the value add, so maybe you can exp expand a little bit about the value add. How do you try to be a value added uh, um, partner with the companies that you guys partner with? Sure, absolutely. So really, the, the value add um, depends on the company, right? Every company is is different. Ultimately, it's it's our expertise. It's all of our individual backgrounds where we can bring a unique uh, perspective as well as make introductions, right? Um, creating value is about understanding the issues very well. So right now, as we all know, there's a number of different headwinds going on, whether that's from 
COVID impacts, supply chain delays, Russia, Russia and Ukraine, uh, inflation. There's a number of different things that business owners and our teams are really trying to figure out. And we, uh, as, as Borgman Capital, really try and be the sounding board and bring in external um, consultants when needed and, and provide you know, a different perspective or tell our management team, here's what we're seeing other companies do. Really, really we want to make it less lonely at the top so that you know, our companies can excel. Terrific. And, you know, we're broadcasting live from the Borgman Capital Headquarters here in Milwaukee. Uh, uh, so the podcast is moving. And thank you for hosting us. Uh, very beautiful offices. But why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, Borgman structure? You have beautiful offices. How many folks do you have assisting you and reviewing opportunities and, and partnering with um, uh, management of the portfolio companies that you have? And um, tell us what's unique about Borgman, too, as you're operating as a fundless sponsor, but you have a lot of infrastructure in place, which is not typical for the typical fundless sponsor. Uh, absolutely. So as, as you said, we're, we're based in, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, we, there are about nine employees now, uh, so we continue to be growing. We continue to, to build out that infrastructure that, that you're talking about. Uh, we really like the you know, independent sponsor model because it allows us to go after un more unique opportunities. We just don't have the same restrictions as, as a typical fund. So we're really blending, in a way, those, those two different, different models. Since we were founded in 2017, we have completed 14 transactions as well as the, the invest real estate investments. That's a good run right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Since yes. 2017. So that's that's interesting. And I know your founder, he has a background in public accounting. Uh, um, how about the other personnel within Borgman? What kind of backgrounds? Absolutely, Greg. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, we actually all come from different backgrounds um, and different types of training, none of which uh, are investment banking, surprisingly. Uh, so the other two managing directors, I uh, have a background in corporate M&A, and the other is an engineer uh, by training, and then also did about 10 years of M&A in the oil and gas industry. Uh, then we've got public, public markets, uh, finance background, and then I am from uh, corporate and client finance background. Very good. As you're looking at opportunities, and we'll get into some of your opportunities, you know, observations in terms of what you're seeing from, you know, the deal side, you know, the investment bankers, you don't have any on your team, but you guys interact with a lot of investment bankers, I'm sure. Um, how has, you know, deal flow been, you know, as we, you know, embark in, uh, we're almost at the halfway point in 2022 already. And you mentioned a lot of uncertainty. Uh, now we have rising interest rates. Uh, how are you looking and uh, at opportunities today? And and what are you seeing from, uh, you know, um, my counterparts in terms of deal flow uh, and the quality of deals coming into the market? Absolutely. So overall, I still see a lot of really good quality businesses coming to market. There was a, a little bit of a decrease uh, right at the start of 2022, as I think a lot of companies were experiencing a very strong push to close before 1231. So there was that natural kind of decline, and now it's really continued to pick up again. 
we do not expect you know, overall deal flow to hit the 2021 peaks that were experienced, um, but we do expect them to be significantly stronger than uh, prior years. Yeah, and I will concur on that. I would say that um, if there was a pause after 1231-2021, it was modest at best. Um, we are, our phones are ringing and we are seeing more high quality deals than ever in terms of ownership seeking or considering to transact down the road because they do have a lack of succession within internally. So I, I would say to those in the private equity community, uh, stay tuned. It, it may pick up a little stronger than we all anticipate given all this uncertainty. I mean, you can't turn on the TV without hearing about the stock market going up the other day, going down today, uh, uh, going down some more, uh, there's a lot of volatility that hasn't really hit so hard on the private markets yet. Any thoughts regarding that? I mean, how are you, when you're looking at opportunities and how they've been affected uh, over the last several years and currently with inflation, uh, um, where are you, is your team sharpening their pencil or um, what industries are you finding it super attractive right now to uh, look at? Yeah, so we're really focused on manufacturing companies, industrial companies, uh, business services uh, types of companies, really opportunities where there's a lot of baby boomers, right, that are looking to be exiting the workforce. There's, I believe it's about 12 million uh, businesses that are owned by by baby boomers um, that are looking to retire and looking for that next stage of their of their company over the next 15 years or so. And what we really focus on and in, in the industries that we're looking at are, you know, the backbone of, of the U.S., so those manufacturing companies, like I mentioned. Now, do you see manufacturing coming back with all the supply chain issues that we've had uh, um, primarily with uh, overseas uh cargo ships. Uh, my wife works for Audi, right? Volkswagen, they had a cargo ship that caught on fire in the middle of the ocean with thousands of their vehicles, whether it be Volkswagen, Porsches, Lamborghinis, Audis, etc. That has to impact the uh, uh, supply chain a little bit. But, you know, on these cargo ships are a lot of parts that go into equipment and uh, other product that uh, could be uh, delayed. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that more manufacturing is coming, you know, coming uh, um, back to the states. Uh, and the second note that you mentioned was the aging baby boomers. And you know, we used to think that you know people would work forever in their companies. Uh, and I think the last two years have been so difficult to navigate. You know, many companies have performed very well, but just the challenges of navigating through uh, COVID and all this other uncertainty is. A lot of folks are kind of raising their hand saying, this is more work than I bargained for. We want to transfer to someone younger like Megan and the, and the Borgman folks. Uh, um, continue growing our company, uh, uh, et cetera. Um, that's a good thought, though. I wanted to kind of think when you're structuring transactions and, and we want to hear your observations, uh, are you requiring, you know, do you like to see the, the sellers roll over some equity uh, um, in your transaction structures uh, with the companies that you guys acquire? Absolutely. I think I should probably speak for most most buyers when I say that we love to see that type of commitment um, from from the sellers. You know, you bring up a really interesting point of 
um, sellers and current business owners that are just frankly tired. It's right. It's lonely at the top. There's been a lot of different things going on, and there's only so many hours in the day for them as an individual to be trying to combat these these major significant changes that have been um, headwinds that they have been trying to navigate. And so for one of our portfolio companies, uh, Ascentech, we actually have done a roll-up uh, strategy with that company. And we've acquired, we acquired six companies in a matter of 22 months. And what was really unique about that situation was that industry was at a natural influx. And Borgman Capital really came in at a really nice time to partner with those owners, where a number of those owners are still with the company. Some have since retired. Some still have family members that work for the company. But all of these companies were getting to a point that, as an individual, they didn't want to continue to grow and take on that additional responsibility. However, they were entrepreneurs, and they saw that the opportunity existed. And they decided to partner with Borgman Capital because they knew that we had a really strong understanding of the industry, the financing, the insurance side, the, the people side of things. And you know, a number of those companies had really high customer concentration that you know, it was easier to navigate, not saying that it was easy to navigate through the last few years, but it was significantly easier when you're part of a larger organization. You know, when you have six add-on acquisitions, um, that customer concentration dissipates a bit. Exactly. And it exactly. also makes the overall entity more attractive and more valuable. Exactly. So hopefully that's working out very well for your team. That's that's a lot of work in, in <laughs> what, 24 months or under. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's been a great, great Any opportunity. Any other uh, um, exciting opportunities? I know uh, one of your uh, portfolio companies, uh, you're kind enough to give us a, a little cheese package here, Gilman Cheese. I know they've won a lot of awards. They have. And We're I, really proud of the team there. Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm working in your office uh, uh, today, and I'm looking at the Borgman Capital has acquired Gilman Cheese Company. February 28th, 2019. And then it has a map of all the cheese companies in Wisconsin, which there are a lot. Um, but Gilman's doing very well. Do you want to talk a little bit about what they're doing and, and the value that you guys are providing for them, uh, in addition to the marketing support that you guys are helping them out as well? A absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're really thrilled with Gilman Cheese. Uh, our, our president there is phenomenal. The whole team is, is really, really good. In Gilman, we actually ha are working on an add-on acquisition, uh, which I can't say too much about right now uh, because it's not closed quite yet. Um, but needless to say, we are very excited for that announcement, which should be coming over the next few weeks here. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. As we're kind of talking about the market, Megan, uh, is there anything else uh, that you're noticing or seeing uh, as we approach the mid midpoint uh, that you'd like to maybe highlight as far as these are some trends that uh, I'm seeing from uh, uh, from reviewing opportunities in the industry. Sure, absolutely. So I, I think overall in terms of the process, um, people are really focused on getting to close efficiently and as quickly as possible um, after exclusivity has been achieved. You know, buyers are finding efficiencies throughout that diligence process, through outsourcing certain work, through the use of technology, and through the firm's expertise of, of the industry. Um, you know, I see a much larger focus on cybersecurity Definitely. than in the past. 
as we all know, uh, that is becoming a critical critical component. We're also seeing a lot of insurance costs increase as well. Um, and then the other item that, you know, Boardman Capital oftentimes does deals that are proprietary in nature uh, versus a fully shopped uh, opportunity. But in those fully shopped opportunities, investment bankers are continuing to say that more sell-side QEVs are getting accepted now versus then historically. And the larger reason for that is certainty to close and getting to that close date efficiently. Yeah, and that does help the process significantly when you're looking at tighter timelines, um, especially in the smaller middle market uh, where there could be more uncertainty. So you have a little more certainty with uh, uh, a sell-side quality of earnings uh, in hand. Uh, uh, Are there any um, unique things uh, or areas of focus on due diligence that your team's looking at um, when you, you mentioned you're, you're, you're trying to acquire a company and close within the next couple of weeks uh, for one of your portfolio companies that we mentioned. Uh, um, any, any areas where uh, you're, you're a little more focused because of inflation and interest rates and COVID and all the other uncertainties that are out there? Absolutely. I think there's, there's a number of things. I think that we focus on you know, trying to eliminate the noise to the best of our ability. Um, right there, we all know that there's been a lot that has been impacting businesses and business owners over the last few years, some within their control, certainly a lot that is not within their control. And so we focus on, you know, production. We're trying to isolate, you know, what, what events are causing changes in those businesses. So volume is, is a, obviously a a focus right now. Um, cybersecurity is definitely a focus for us as well. Um, and just opportunity, right? Uh, a lot of companies have been in the mode of focusing on ma- maintaining the business and and just getting through the, these, these headwinds of the last few years. Which seem to stick with us. They want to stay a little bit longer, unfortunately. Uh, um, you know, before we kind of talk about uh, your role within MBBI as the chapter president and some of the upcoming events, uh, um, I do want to kind of shout out on the, the real estate piece. You guys uniquely uh, um, diverse into including a real estate arm within Borgman. Uh, is there anything that you want to comment on that to kind of help? Because uh, I know a lot of privately held businesses, they also control the real estate and sale, leaseback options. Uh, um, could be very attractive, but not all firms really like to own the real estate with the business. Um, so what was the impetus for getting involved in that? Absolutely. So to your point, right, a lot of privately held businesses also own the real estate. Um, and so that's that's the one side of the equation for us. And then on the other side of the equation was our investors were telling us, hey, we, we want to invest more with you guys, but I need to diversify my personal uh, portfolio. It needs to be in a different asset class. And most of the businesses that, or many of the businesses that we have acquired, the owner also owns the, the real estate as well. And so we, we had a great opportunity from both sides of, of the coin, so to speak. And we did not want to necessarily purchase the real estate along with the business because right, it changes returns, change, changes a number of different things. Uh, for for that investment piece, so in order to keep you know the investment in the business at a good return for that type of risk, and also accept the the opportunity of 
the real estate, um, we we started the the real estate arm uh, of Borgman Capital. Oh, and that's actually very unique because you know there is very very much so two camps uh, in terms of uh, those folks that you know, will acquire real estate and those folks that will not. Um, we are seeing more sale lease back, and you know they are they are with attractive rates. Uh, so we wish your team a lot of success with that. Uh, um, do you want to highlight some uh, some of the up and coming events and the good uh, good news or any good news this year with the Wisconsin chapter of MBBI? Absolutely. So you know I, I'm so thrilled to be a part of MBBI. It's it's a great organization that really tries to bring together all of the people in the MA community to through you know good content and through good good networking. And so I've just really enjoyed my time time in the organization since 2019. You know, this year's been, as you know, a great year for MBBI. There's been a lot of things going on. Um, We've launched our Indiana chapter. We've launched the uh, Minnesota uh, chapter located in We're all trying to follow on Wisconsin's coattails. So, yeah. So, thank you. I think Scott Bushke helped fund that, uh, or not fund that, start that uh, for MBBI. And uh, we've had excellent leaders all the way. And and thank you for stepping up to the challenge and... uh, uh, putting your stamp on our organization as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, th- this year we also have the Rising Stars Initiative uh, that here in Milwaukee we just had our first inaugural event, and that's really for, you know, the the, the young individuals of, of M&A to really come together and connect with their peers uh, early on in their career. So as they continue to grow and develop, you know, they, they have those really built-in uh, relationships uh, for the years to come. And so I know Chicago uh, will likely also be having some, some events as well for, for that community. Um, and then specifically in Milwaukee, our next event is on June 7th, and it's focused on automation. Uh, we've got a few really good individuals on a panel, um, and we're really, really excited about this opportunity. So I encourage everyone to go and, and sign up. And helping our manufacturing community here in the U.S. Uh, through automation being more efficient, more profitable, and uh, more relevant uh, as we continue to right source uh, here in the U.S. I think is very important. So uh, uh, you're going to see a lot about manufacturing and MBBI in the months to come, uh, um, especially with uh, an upcoming manufacturing summit that we're going to be hosting uh, uh, in Illinois uh, with uh, Mark Denzler of the IMA and the Enclave and MBBI and the Village of Elk Grove and things of that nature. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for all your insight. Uh, um, thank you, uh, Borgman Capital, for hosting us today. Thank you, MBBI, and, and Ray, our outstanding uh, traveling audio engineer now, uh, for, for everything that you have done. This is Greg Finn with uh, Wifley Corporate Finance Advisors signing off for MBBI. Thank you and enjoy the day.